Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at windowskansascity.com. 30 minutes after the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57-38-35, I stepped out of the man cave with some neighbors' houses and walked out onto the back patio after we'd fired fireworks off. There were just two of my friends out there, and we were watching all of the post-game unfold on ESPN and NFL Network, and we're seeing all of the big-time celebration and kudos and jabronis and you got a fight and every single thing and the confetti. And I turned to these friends and I said, is this really happening in Kansas City? I mean, is this really what we are now? We just have this football team that is incredible and so much fun to watch and never out of a game. And the Chiefs, remarkably, after being down, after watching the quarterback get injured late in the second quarter, down 10, the vision in our head all throughout Rihanna's halftime show is Patrick Mahomes' head resting on the trainer's shoulder. So hurt, so distraught, sitting on the bench, Mahomes in a very real moment, but by his standards, a very weak moment, showed frustration, injury, showed everything Patrick Mahomes never shows. Sitting on that bench, writhing in pain, and he leans his head over and puts it on the shoulder of the trainer, you thought, there is no way the Chiefs are winning this Super Bowl. It looked like in that moment, just for a split second, that Patrick Mahomes was hopeless, that he didn't believe it was possible. Every one of you felt it. We've all forgotten it. In the mayhem and the celebration afterwards and the fireworks of the second half where the Chiefs were four for four on touchdown drives. Let's be honest. The last drive was a touchdown drive too. They just decided to make it a field goal, which was brilliant. We'll get to that. We knew it was possible the Chiefs could win. What we did not know was possible was Patrick Mahomes' perfection after getting hurt and showing that sign on the sideline of, hopelessness. And that's exactly what he was exuding at that moment. How did it change? Apparently it was a remarkable halftime speech. Patrick Mahomes was one of the last players into the locker room at halftime. He walked in and he stood up and he shouted at the team, what the F is going on? Why is it so quiet in here? And he shouted to all of his teammates, y'all got to get some effing energy going right now in here. Travis Kelsey almost on cue, walks right up behind Patrick Mahomes and starts going all Kelsey, screaming, hollering, jumping up and down, fired up the entire locker room. At the same time, Andy Reid goes over with his five starting offensive linemen, pulls him aside and said, you have to play a flawless half. If you go out and play a great second half of football, we're going to win this game. He pulled the offensive lineman aside. The offensive line was great in this game. No arguing, no doubt. It is not the reason the Chiefs won. The Chiefs won because they have a freak at quarterback and an unbelievable play caller and schemer in Andy Reid. That's what this game was, and it was remarkable. Okay, before we get into all of the details of Super Bowl 57 and the brilliance of Andy Reid, this was his best coach game in Kansas City. This was his, this was his Picasso. This game for Andy Reid was his Picasso. Patrick Mahomes will no doubt have plenty of more second halves where he scores on every drive. We'll see that. We've seen the greatness out of Mahomes. We'll see that. But this was Andy Reid's Picasso. Here's the numbers. Andy Reid, 247 wins, fifth all-time. 22 playoff wins, second in the history of the game. 10 championship games, 
four Super Bowls, two and two now in those Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes went 21 of 27 for 182 yards and three touchdowns. Mahomes ran for 44 yards on a bad ankle, including the 26-yarder to set up the game winner. Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 76 yards. Travis Kelsey, six receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches for 53 yards. And let's not forget the two most important plays of the game, Kadarius Toney, five-yard touchdown reception, and Sky Moore, a four-yard touchdown reception, where there were no Eagle defenders on their side of the hash mark. We can talk O-line. You can talk all, you can talk about Mahomes' brilliance. I honestly, goodness, we could have blocked on that play. We could have completed that pass. You and I could have played offensive line. It didn't matter. Mahomes, the ball didn't even touch his hands. He caught the snap and threw it on both those touchdown passes. Same play, different side of the field. Receiver goes in motion. Eagles corner goes with him, gets lost in the traffic, looking at his linebackers, trying to weave his way through and move the coverage, and the Chiefs go back. We'll have much more on this in a moment because we talked about Dan Orlovsky last week of ESPN calling on the Eagles defense saying they will be fooled in this game and it will look really bad. Chiefs receivers will be wide open. Nick Bolton had a huge game. Eight tackles in the touchdown recovery, 45 yards for a touchdown. Pretty darn remarkable all the way around. And somehow these Kansas City Chiefs that have won so much and are putting together over the last five years one of the greatest five-year stretches in NFL history and compared to how difficult it is to win today in what we would call non-dynasty NFL football, one of the most remarkable five-year periods, they have done this. And somehow, they convinced themselves that the entire world thought they were desert dogs in this game. That the Kansas City Chiefs somehow were underdogs to the mighty Philadelphia Eagles, who really, this iteration of the Eagles, hasn't won anything <laughs> at all to speak of and burst on the scene this year and was really, really good. An excellent football team. Excellent football team. Defense incredibly overrated. I think we can see that now based on their schedule. But Jalen Hurts, everything is advertised. Wonderful performance. But somehow the Chiefs believed the world was against them, and they were underdogs. And these desert dogs are Super Bowl 57 champions. We're going to break the entire thing down. It is all brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs, and online at Roberts Robinson. It's the home of the lifetime warranty. Any GM, did you see the great GM commercials in the game last night for all the EVs that are out? The Hummer, the GMC, the Chevrolets, those are all available at Roberts Robinson. If you saw one that you loved, they'll order it right up for you. They'll have it built and delivered. RobertsRobinson.com. With GMC, we are professional grade. 360 Document Solutions is here for your business. If you need your business to be more productive and more profitable, 360 Document Solutions can help you. Contact Mark and his team at 360. If you have a business anywhere in the western half of Missouri or in the entire state of Kansas, they cover it all. This is a big company that does an awful lot of things in an awful lot of places here in the Midwest, and they're the best. 360DocumentSolutions.com. And, of course, Advantage Termite and Pest Control, the only pest control company I've ever used at Advantage. They get right out when you have a problem. They have emergency service. If you've got some kind of an issue, they get right out and take care of it. They also do pests, obviously, critters. You get some squirrels in your attic. You got something going on with some critters. They'll help you there as well. I'd recommend setting up and bundling the whole thing and doing the annual service. And you'll never have to worry about anything at your home with Advantage Termite and Pest Control, 913-768-8989 
or online at AdvantageTPC.com. Okay, let's talk about why this was Andy Reid's Picasso. And a couple of things um, basically come together here that created this. We spent some time on this podcast last week talking about Dan Orlovsky of ESPN. I don't know if you follow him, if you watch him, or if you see him. I consume an awful lot of media from other people when it comes to football. I do. I'm, I'm an absolute junkie. I read, I read, I read, I watch, I watch, I watch. I can't get enough. And in Super Bowl preparation, because obviously it's our team, it's this podcast, it's so important to so many, that was times 10. Like I've been locked into studying this matchup for a couple of weeks. And I mentioned a couple of times, and I even brought this up with Stan Weber last week when we had him on. I said, what do you think of Dan Orlovsky's comments like this? And he said, yeah, I I agree that's possible. But Stan thought just what the game was. He said, this is going to be wild. It's going to be close. These teams are even. This is a much better team than I gave the Eagles credit for, although I'm going to step right up and say that they were the number one defense in football because of their schedule. All right, They, They don't play the Chiefs' schedule and finish number one. In fact, the Chiefs' defense on this night, you can make an argument the Chiefs' defense was better. They were better. They actually were better. They didn't have a, a defensive holding call to decide the game. They didn't, you know, the, the Chiefs' defense got a fumble recovery for a touchdown. All right, I know they didn't hit Hurts on that play. He just fumbled on his own. But they made the plays and did the things. Chiefs got two sacks. The Eagles got none. So there's a lot to dissect here with this. But Jalen Hurts was everything as advertised. So Andy Reid, because they were behind, and because sometimes the Chiefs just don't do the little things. They missed a field goal in the first half. It was a pretty good momentum shifter. It felt bad when he missed that field goal. When that hit the upright, it felt bad. We saw it. Then Mahomes gets hurt. We see some things happening. Andy Reid at his best moment as Chiefs coach. He did two things in the second half of this game that he hasn't typically done, the second one especially. It was Andy's best moment because that's when he decided to let the Eagles defense play against itself. He knew he had these matchups. He knew what the motion would do. He knew he could confuse him. Orlovsky said and broke it down last week, the Eagles didn't play a lot of teams this season with a lot of motion. But he said, watch what even the Niners did with bad quarterbacks in the game, in the NFC Championship game. He goes, watch these two plays, how wide open these Niners get. And the Niners, he says, they didn't do enough of it. They didn't exploit it enough. And of course, they had a quarterback problem in that game. They were down to a fourth stringer at one point. Then they put a guy back in with a busted up elbow that can't even throw. So the Niners weren't going to win that game. But his point was, watch this. He said, there's not much of this on tape this year around the NFL because the Eagles didn't play a lot of teams that offered up a lot of motion. They played a lot of meat and potatoes offenses. He said the Chiefs will go in motion, they will move guys around, and and the Eagles get confused. He said, I've seen it all season. This great defense, this number one defense in the NFL is the most likely defense in the league to get confused. He's not talking about just flat out getting beat off the ball. He's not talking about one-on-one, hey, you're better, you know, the Chiefs player is better than their guy. Somebody's talking, he said they will fool them. And in the end, that's exactly what they did. Those two touchdown passes, I'll never forget them, to Tony and to Sky Moore, going into motion, taking the corner with you. The corner moves off the, off the receiver and starts motioning on what the play is. I don't think they had circled back. I don't think they had stopped motion and gone backwards once in the in the game until these plays. And the Chiefs used it at just the right time. Andy kept it for just the right situation. The, the route was deep. The motion was deep. 
the, the receivers went in. It was, they sold it, man. They sold it. It wasn't like two steps and then back you went, like some fake motion. No, they sold it. I'm jetting across here. I'm going the other way, and you better come with me. And the second the corner does it, as Tony uh, uh, Sky Moore said after the game, he goes, the second I saw my man go with me, I knew I was about to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That was Sky Moore. He took like four steps in motion from left to right, and he said, I saw my guy go with me, and the second I saw him go with me, I knew I was about to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It was just unbelievable. And he makes these steps, and he goes in, and he turns back, and there is nobody, not one Philadelphia Eagle, outside the hash mark on the left side of the field. And Sky Moore walks in. Tony did the exact same thing. There is not an eagle outside the hash mark. You know the hash marks down the middle of the field, right? The hash marks down the middle of the field. This is the National Football League. That was the number one defense in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs ran plays and a scheme where an Eagles defender was not outside the hash mark where a touchdown was about to be scored. Not one. All 11 were on the other 60% of the field going the other way. Remarkable scheming, remarkable coaching. Rembrandt, Picasso, absolute beauty. What the Chiefs pulled off on those plays. They used the Eagles' aggressive defense against itself, and it was gorgeous. But that was not Andy's best moment. For the second consecutive playoff week, Andy Reid deferred after winning the coin toss, and he would get the ball in the second half. And for the second straight game against the Bengals and the Eagles, Andy Reid would blow it with two minutes left in the half. The Chiefs go to great lengths to defer and get the ball in the second half. And the only reason you do that is you say, we're going to finish the half with the ball. We're going to go to the locker room and we're going to start the next half with the ball. That's a turnover. That's a turnover. That's taking a possession away from your opponent. But once again, Andy couldn't pull it off. They didn't run the ball. They didn't get any clock. They really just kind of needed a first down and they got their quarterback hurt. It was bad. It was frustrating. It was bad. And the Eagles tack onto their lead right before the half. We were all frustrated by it. I don't know how you go to such great lengths to defer and say, I'm going to have the ball in the second half and then botch the last two minutes of the half every single time. It is frustrating. It's like he's forgotten that he deferred and they're getting the ball and the reason that they did it. Again, the Chiefs were what? Down seven there? You're better off just getting a first down or two, going to the locker room, and coming back out. The idea is don't let the Eagles get the ball again. You're having trouble stopping them. Don't let them get the ball again. So that was blown. And I turned to the buddies we were watching with last night with five minutes and 20 seconds to go or five minutes and 10 seconds to go when the Chiefs got the ball. I said, they can run this out. The Chiefs have done great all night at getting first downs, at getting just enough yardage, just enough short passes. And I said, they can do it. But I have no faith that they will. And I'll be damned if they didn't play that beautifully. Everyone in America felt ripped off. The Chiefs were so great at the end of this game. Andy Reid was so great at the end of this game that the entire country felt ripped off that they didn't get to see Jalen Hurts go down and try to win the game. They felt totally ripped off. And that is the way you win a football game. They made one mistake on that drive. They made one mistake. It was the second play, I believe, 
They threw it to Juju Smith-Schuster. He must have gained 12, 14 yards, and he ran out of bounds and stopped the clock. And I was screaming at Juju Smith-Schuster. And I had very little faith that Andy Reid was going to tell his players, don't score the touchdown if we have the first down. Get the first down and slide. And there went McKinnon, and I thought for sure McKinnon was just going to run right in the end zone and give the ball back to the Eagles. You play the clock in that situation. You don't let the other team have the ball. If you don't score, if you try a 50-yard field goal with three seconds left and you miss, you're in overtime. You don't give the ball back to your opponent. And I'll be damned he pulled it off. It was brilliant. Up and down the field. Patrick Mahomes was spectacular. The run on the, on the drive, remarkable. Patrick Mahomes was so good in this freaking game. I, I got a lot of credit to give in a lot of places. I'm not dismissing the offensive line played well, but the biggest plays of the game by Patrick Mahomes had nothing to do with the offensive line. Okay? The 26-yard scramble, nothing to do with the offensive line. He stood back there. The thing collapsed. He took off. The two touchdown passes to Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney, nothing to do with the offensive line. They, they didn't even have a job on those plays. Really, honestly, is just stand there because he's throwing this ball in a tenth of a second, and they did. And it was remarkable. It was the confluence of great coaching and a great quarterback. That's what this game was. They did just enough defensively to win the game. They had hidden yards all over the place. A lot of people are going to say, oh, we held Mahomes to 182 yards passing. Okay, when you give up 120 hidden yards to the Chiefs, how do you expect Mahomes to throw for 300? Well, you don't. When Nick Bolton's scooping up the ball and running in the air, I got so sick. But the broadcast was dreadful, okay? I Olsen's got to go, and he's got to go now. I know a lot of people like him. He's got to go. He gets on something. He, he, he's never critical of anyone or anything. The player is always right. The player always did a good thing. No, the players didn't always do a good thing. They didn't. Okay? And I don't care if it's been, if the Chiefs have only had nine snaps in the last 42 minutes or whatever it was that they were saying. They weren't even distinguishing that those were clock, real clock minutes, not game clock minutes. Like, just trying to confuse everybody. They had a 45-yard touchdown recovery. How is Mahomes supposed to go on the field when they're doing that? 77 yards in punt returns. A 65-yarder is a Super Bowl record. That's Kadarius Toney. There were 125 hidden yards in this game. You don't look at the box score. You don't. You watch the game. And what we watched was a brilliant coach and a brilliant quarterback in the second half of a game, down 10, going four for four, four touchdown drives. That's what the Chiefs put up on the board. Down 10, down 24-14 at the half. The Chiefs, brilliant, four touchdown drives. They took a field goal on the last one instead of taking the touchdown. They took the field goal. This was Andy Reid's best moment, folks, and it's not close. This was his best moment as Chiefs coach. He must have reminded them sternly at the two-minute warning. We get down here, we get this first down, you will slide. We are not going in. It is completely against Andy's DNA. I don't think they would have done that five years ago. I don't think it would have even occurred to him. Andy Reid is old school, go score, get your touchdown, and go play defense. But make sure you get seven because you can't lose. Here's the problem, the ultimate problem with getting seven. Make no mistake about this. The Eagles were not taking this game to overtime. If the Chiefs had scored that touchdown, the Eagles were going to go down and score. I don't think the Chiefs were going to have to get a turnover. You get four downs. 
every single time. The Chiefs probably weren't going to stop them. And it was going to be a two-point conversion. They were either going to make it with Jalen Hurts, fully confident that he was going to run it in the end zone, and probably would have, or they were going to miss it and lose the game. That game was not going to overtime if the Chiefs scored a touchdown. I, honest to God, believe if the Chiefs had not been able to ice that clock, kick that field goal when they did, and win by three, they would have lost 43-42. I think they would have. I do. And, and, and look, the defense was good at times, but Jalen Hurts was spectacular. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to that other team and go, wow, that's a good football team. Now the Eagles are going to get in a really interesting spot because now they got to pay Jalen Hurts. they got to pay him a bunch of money. Patrick Mahomes this year set an NFL record for highest percentage for one player, highest percentage of salary cap used, and they won the Super Bowl. And we can sit here and talk about the other 52 guys on the roster till you're blue in the face, but they've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They have made up the entire whole other team. He's only got three teammates left from his first year as starting quarterback. He's only got three. That means there's 48 other, 49 other players, 49 new players on this team from when he was out there his first year as the chief starter. It's just going to keep turning over, folks. There's going to be player after player after player come through here. And you're going to have Andy and Mahomes, and Andy's not going to retire. He's not going to retire with two Super Bowls. How can you? Unless he has a health problem, how can you have this quarterback and say, I got to, you know, even if he coaches three more years and they don't win another one, you got to give it a try. That third Super Bowl is an elite category, man. That is an elite category if they go get the third one. But this was... Andy Reid's best moment. And it was perhaps the most remarkable Patrick Mahomes game in the fact that we have never, ever seen him hopeless. And he was hopeless in that moment. You saw it. You felt it. We all did. We thought the game was over. There's not a Chiefs fan I know that didn't think that game was over. And it wasn't that they were down 10, and it wasn't even that he hurt his ankle. It was there he is on the bench, and did I just see this guy, this Superman of a football player, lean over and lay his head on the trainer's shoulder like he wanted to be cuddled by his mom. Did I see that? Did I, did I really witness that? That was real. That was raw. That was a human emotion. That was complete frustration and helplessness at that moment. But to us, it looked like it was hopeless. And that man went in and gave a speech at halftime with Travis Kelsey and came out and was perfect the rest of the way. This is the stuff legend's made of, man. This is the stuff legend is made of. All right, let's talk about the James Bradbury holding call because America will. It was fascinating watching postgame last night. NFL Network wouldn't even address it. They never even mentioned it. They didn't talk, say anything. NFL Network's owned by the NFL, obviously. They, they weren't even talking about it. It was just one fluff interview after another, and we'll get to some of the things that happened with individual players because the Juju Smith-Schuster interview on NFL Network after the game was one of the greatest things I've ever seen, and I'll tell you what happened in that. It's fantastic. NFL Network won't even talk about the holding call. ESPN, that's all they're talking about is the holding call, right? So they're on talking about this holding call, and it was a hold. And to be honest, Bradbury made a pretty big mistake in this game. He did that most every player knows that you don't do. When you're playing a team that has white jerseys, you don't wear a black glove. He had black gloves on. It's, it's, it may seem really small, but it's not. You're wearing white gloves, it becomes harder to see that penalty. Look, 
I'm going to be honest about this. That was a bad call. I'm not saying it wasn't holding. It was a bad call because they allowed that all night and then called it right there. We'll take it as Chiefs fans, but let's be honest about it. Okay, the Eagles, totally gracious and classy in defeat. Bradbury went in and said, I grabbed his jersey. I held. Okay, and then he didn't offer up what I'm going to offer up because he could have followed up and said, look, I did that five times in the game, and they only called it once. They called it right there with the game on the line. That's what we all hope doesn't happen. And Patrick Mahomes, with or without the hold, he was throwing that ball away. Okay, they were on him. He was getting rid of that ball. That was not going to be Juju in the corner of the end zone wide open for a touchdown. That was a throwaway. They quit and gave up on that play. They were kicking a field goal and going to play defense. And they got bailed out. And sometimes you need a little bit of a break. And goodness knows the Chiefs have had some calls go against them. Everyone has them for, everyone has them against. The Chiefs were so good offensively, so dominant in the second half of that game. If you don't think the officials felt that and knew that, I can't help you, man. That's what sports is. Does the flag get thrown if the Chiefs are struggling the entire second half? No. The flag gets thrown because they're owning the Eagles in the second half. Going up and down the field, one possession after another. And, well, Mahomes just threw one here and there was nobody around. That has to be a penalty because the Chiefs are too good for that not to be a penalty. I'm telling you, it's part of sports. And if, you've, if you pay really close, close attention, the good calls seem to always go for the best teams, don't they? I, used to, I always use this example. And George Brett, Royal, uh, Baseball Hall of Famer, Royals Hall of Famer, has been very honest post-career. You know, George Brett never got called out on strikes. I mean, it was just the strangest thing ever for George Brett to be called out on strikes. Because if he had two strikes and there was one out on the corner and he didn't swing at it, the umpire's like, it's freaking George Brett. It ain't a strike. If he didn't swing at it, it's not a strike. That's where he got in his career. And that's where Patrick Mahomes is. If Patrick Mahomes just threw one and there's nobody around, look at what? what? Oh, that was a hold. First down. So, no, I'm, I was not. Of course, I'm a huge fan of the call. But I don't like the call. I don't like the controversy. I don't like dismissing the great performances by Mahomes and others on this offense and the things that they did in this game because I think it does sort of disparage the effort and the execution and the brilliance. And by the way, the wide open receivers, wide open through scheming. So no, I'm not going to sit here and 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 get completely fixated on the holding call? Do the Chiefs have one coming? Have there been enough bad calls against the Chiefs they had one coming? I don't know about that. We don't watch other teams as closely. We don't watch every play of every single other team. But I thought it was pretty classy of Bradbury to say, yeah, I grabbed his jersey. I held. That's a, that's a penalty. I know that's a penalty. There's no question that's a penalty. The question is, is that a penalty if you haven't called it all night? There was a play earlier in the game where Juju Smith-Schuster, I think this was in the first half, it was right before the Chiefs punted, I think, in the first half. And Smith-Schuster was turning open on Bradbury across the middle, and Bradbury grabbed his shirt and his left arm and kind of spun him. And they didn't call anything. And Juju Smith-Schuster was just going nuts. Like, where's the call? Where's the call? Where's the call? And Bradbury standing there giving the incomplete sign. No, I didn't touch him. It's just incomplete. We're good. Nothing was called. That was much earlier in the game. And it was probably more egregious than the one that they did call. The issue the players have is, okay, this is the game we're going to play tonight. The defenders are going to be touching and grabbing, and they're going to get away with it. 
Everybody knew it. They weren't calling penalties. There was no PI in the game. Nobody was calling anything back there. And then all of a sudden in that moment, they got the defensive holding call. That's what has people bothered. I don't think it's the actual call or did he hold. It's that's the only one you called all night. And I think that's got people a little bit upset, non-Chiefs fans. But look, this Chiefs team had no turnovers. Jalen Hurts was terrific in this game. I don't have a lot to say bad about the guy. 27 out of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown. But the man fumbled the ball without being touched. Switching the ball from one hand to another, he fumbled it. Then he kicked it down the field and out into the open where Nick Bolton could scoop it up and go 40 yards for a touchdown. Man, Jalen Hurts is hard to bring down. Three rushes for touchdowns. 15 carries total for 70 yards, and it was devastating. It was when they needed it. They were good on third down much of this game. It was hard to get the Eagles off the field. That's a credit to them. I know this Chiefs defense was good this year. I know they were. Chiefs finished 14th in defense. The Eagles finished first. Which defense was better? Honestly, which defense was better? Chiefs got two sacks. The Eagles got zero. Fletcher Cox, one tackle for the Eagles. Hassan Reddick, one tackle for the Eagles. Reddick would say after the game, it's the worst field I've ever played on. This just in, you weren't the only one slipping. The field conditions were awful. There is no explanation why. They've had... Perfect weather. That sod goes in, slides indoors and outdoors. They can grow it or do whatever they want. Did they overwater it? Was it too soft? I don't know what it was, but they said it was the worst they'd played on. It was slicker than a rain field or a snow field. I don't know. They got some dew on it. They left the roof open for this game last night. I'm not sure. Reddick said that was the worst field I've ever played on. But for the most part, the Eagles were very classy in defeat, and I appreciated that. And they've got an excellent team. They may get back there. They may not. They're about to pay their quarterback $50 million. All right, that's going to take about, oh, I don't know, $45 million of your salary cap away from other players. So it's about to get hard for the Eagles. It's about to get hard with that salary cap. Nine consecutive times when a league MVP quarterback was playing in the Super Bowl, nine consecutive times. Okay, you follow me here? A quarterback is the MVP of the league, regular season, and gets to the Super Bowl nine straight times that quarterback lost until Patrick Mahomes won last night. That dates back to 1999 at Kurt Warner. Just remarkable. Just an absolutely remarkable night. KKHI and the Super Bowl 57 victory is brought to you by Back 9 Development. Online at back9development.com. Lawrence, Kansas City, Topeka, Manhattan, you name it. You're building a home or you've got a commercial property you're in, interested in developing. Back Nine is there for you. Call TJ Vilkanskis and say, listen, I got a project, man. Can you tell me what you think about this? Just the early stages of I've got this idea. I've got, I've got something I'm interested in. Does it sound like it fits with you? TJ Vilkanskis, reach him at 785 786-0161. Man, he builds beautiful custom homes, just gorgeous custom homes, online at back9development.com. In KC Dental, who's happier than Dr. Bush, the dentist, all these Chiefs players? He just got to be thrilled. Oh, my, how happy is he that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They did it. You can celebrate by making that appointment now. That You've, you've been putting it off. You should have said, oh, I don't like to go to the dentist. I'm not going to go to the dentist unless the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Okay, now you can go to the dentist. Dr. Bush would love 
to talk Super Bowl with you <laughs> when you're in his chair. A little one-sided now because your mouth's open. You're going, ah, 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 ah. and he's just going to tell you all about him. He's going to, oh, he's just great. It's so much fun. Uh, it really is because he'll tell you all about a lot of the guys on the team and the coaches. And NKCDental.com, 816-471-2911. And my man Ron Buck over at Buck Roofing. Woo, boy, does Ron love the Chiefs. He was excited last night for this one. If you'd like a free roof inspection, call 913-384-2680. rbuckroofing.com. That's R as in Ron. rbuckroofing.com is the website. They're available 24-7 for emergencies. You can sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. All right, let's talk about some individual players and what we saw out of them in this game. I'll start with the Juju Smith-Schuster interview on NFL Network because I don't think I've ever seen anything this real, this organic. Chris Rose was on there. He's not really known as a football guy. But Chris Rose does ask questions and does bring things up. Like Terry Bradshaw was as bad as it gets. At the end of the game, those interviews on Fox, you couldn't do much worse than Terry Bradshaw. How that was decided is beyond me. I mean, that was really bad television for Fox. It was pretty bad all night. Their announcers just aren't very good. It's time for a makeover at Fox. But my God, Bradshaw was just dreadful up there. You know, making fun of Andy Reid's weight and his age. And it, it just was stupid. It was really, really bad. Terry Bradshaw was bad. So it was refreshing. We flipped it over to NFL Network because they went to local news. They dumped out of the Fox coverage and went to Channel 4 News. And God bless the Channel 4 people because I used to do that. That's hard work. They work really hard doing all that stuff. There's nothing there. It's, oh, let's go to Westport where there was a watch party. Let's go live outside the stadium where we're standing there and Chiefs fans are pouring out. There was, it was not what Chiefs fans wanted at that moment. You wanted more interviews. You wanted Travis Kelsey calling somebody a jabroni. You wanted loud music playing. You got to fight for your right to party. You're ready for all of it. You wanted Beastie Boys. So we flipped it over to NFL Network, and here comes, they did some other interviews, but then here comes Juju Smith-Schuster. And he sits down, and he's excited. They're like, wow, okay, now, are you going to be here next year? You know, what's going on? This is a one-year thing. You know, I don't talk about that. He goes, how about that bonus you made tonight? And Juju looked at Chris Rose like, what? He goes, you made a bonus tonight in this Super Bowl. Did you know that? He goes, nah. He goes, how much? And he goes, well, you had to play half the snaps tonight, and you had to win the game. That, that's it. He had a, a in his contract, apparently, when he signed with the Chiefs for the for the year. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and you played in over half the snaps offensively in that game, it's a one million dollar bonus. And he got it. And the and the guys on the set said, it's a million bucks. And he went, ah, <laughs> he's like, I made a million dollars. He had no idea. Now, how does the agent not tell the player that the week of the game or the week before the week of the game? Hey, by the way. Just a little incentive here. You got a million-dollar bonus in this game. If you win, you're going to get a million dollars. If the Chiefs lose, he gets nothing. A million-dollar bonus? Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable to play half the snaps and win the game. That's a great thing to put in a contract. That is a great thing. And what owner wouldn't agree to that? What GM? Sure, yes, yes. Juju, come sign here for a year. And the agent says, oh, you know what? We want a million-dollar bonus here. If they w- if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Juju plays in half the snaps in that game, 
Uh, we want a million dollar bonus. <laughs> okay, no problem. Easy. Easy. Yes. Million dollar bonus. We win the Super Bowl. Okay. Done. I love that. And it was real and it was organic. And he was so excited. You know, you got millions, but come on, it's still a million dollars. It was one of the greatest things ever. Then we saw Chad Henney, the backup quarterback. Did you even know this? Henney retired after the game last night. He grabbed a Bud Light, stood in the end zone with a Bud Light on the field after the celebration. And he's holding this Bud Light and they take his picture and he puts it on social media and says, I'm calling it a career. Chad Henney, the backup quarterback who threw his first and only postseason touchdown pass against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it seems like a year ago, but that was what? Three weeks ago? 22 days ago? Chad Henney is retiring with two Super Bowl rings, a touchdown in the postseason, and real value as a backup because what he did in that game was crucial. And come on, how long you want to sit here and be the backup? He's got more money than God now, too. Honestly, what a great career for Chad Henney. I love it. Guys like him, Chase Daniel, guys that accept the backup role and are prepared and ready to play and can do a nice job for you. Don't chirp. Great teammates. Understand the offense. I was so happy to see that picture of Chad Henney last night. That's a cool way to do it. Obviously premeditated. He knew he was going to do it. And nobody, nobody interviews him. Nobody talks to him. Nobody asked him any questions. So it wasn't like people were walking around all week going, Chad, after this game, is this gonna, are you going to hang it up? Because most people would think, I can just sit here and be Mahomes' backup forever and make, well, he made a lot. But they're going to pay somebody less next year, I'm assuming, to be the backup. So because this is what you do is you pay your backup less when you can. Pay a younger quarterback less, and I think they will. So I just thought it was great. Grab me one. It was one of the big tall Bud Light, too. It was a big aluminum bottle. He's standing there with a big old smile on his face, and he puts on his social media, I'm calling it a career. Two-time Super Bowl champ. It's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. Really, really, really good stuff. Happy for Chad Henney. That was pretty cool to see him with his uh, Super Bowl smile on. Then we had the moment with Travis Kelsey on NFL Network where they made some sort of comment. It, the, the question was leading. It was like, um, you know, what do you say about the people who were saying this was, you know, fluky, you had one Super Bowl, but then you got trounced by Tampa and that. And it was feeding right into what fed the players, but it was really awkward to hear the question posed that way because I don't know anybody that thinks the Chiefs is underdog. We talked about this a great deal leading up to the Super Bowl, that Mahomes and underdog goes together like Joe Biden and genius. I mean, it just does. It just doesn't work. Mahomes and underdog do not belong ever, 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 ever in the same sentence. And I didn't buy it for a second. I thought all along the Chiefs would win. Didn't see it exactly playing out this way, but in the end, I, I thought they'd have some wide open receivers. Mahomes would be better than Hurts when it matters most. And he was. What I would never have guessed if you told me this in advance was it was going to be Andy Reid's Rembrandt coaching game. I, I don't think I would have believed that, but it absolutely was. So Kelsey gets asked this, and he's like, oh, man, come on, man. And, like, he's taking it personally from the dudes asking the question. He's like, I don't know who's out there saying stuff like All the jabronis out there talking like that. He busted out jabroni again right there. And he was mad. It was awkward. It was an awkward, weird thing. But what I didn't understand is this is what's been fueling them. They had convinced themselves that the whole world was out there saying the Chiefs couldn't win, that their one Super Bowl win was a fluke. They came from behind, you know, Wasp. Oh, they had this big play, Wasp, and it happened. Da, 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 da. 
It was a fluke. Now, not a fluke. And get used to it, America, because there's more of these coming. I'm pretty darn sure there's more of these coming. Just sensational. We'll be talking about the Super Bowl all week long. It's going to be a little different week here at KKHI. We're going to have Stan Weber on. We'll be dropping that podcast probably late Tuesday at some point. And Kevin and Jessica are out of town here beginning on Wednesday. So we're going to drop a slew of podcasts on Tuesday night, and they'll all be up to get you through the week, uh, the rest of the week, because we are going to the beach. Season's over. We're going to the beach, baby. And I can't wait to celebrate. We've got our Chiefs hats we'll be wearing in the pool and in the ocean, and I'll send pictures, and it'll be great. We're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. We're going to do a lot of Super Bowl coverage here over the next couple of days. We're going to post all the podcasts at once instead of daily. We'll just put them all up. Pete Mundo's going to join us from KCMO. We'll talk politics and sports with Mundo. He was a sports talk show host before he was news, uh, sort of like yours truly. And we're going to get all his thoughts on the football season and the Chiefs. That's going to be fun. We're going to have Doug Billings on. Doug Billings does a podcast called The Right Side. He's tremendous. He lives here in Kansas City. You may not know about his podcast, but you're going to know a lot about it. After we have Doug Billings on the podcast, that's going to be great. So uh, you can look forward to that and much more great Super Bowl coverage as the week continues. And the parade is set for Wednesday. All right. I got to talk, talk just briefly here a little college basketball because Saturday was crazy. Missouri beat Tennessee, which I did not see coming. I dismissed this game as a loss. I think Missouri was a 14 big underdog. I don't know how many it was. It was a lot. They were a big underdog at number six, Tennessee. DeAndre Golston hits a three-pointer at the buzzer. It's the second time he's hit one at the buzzer this year to win a game. He did it against Central Florida earlier this year. Here's what the Tigers needed. And, and when we think of Missouri football and basketball, we all think the same thing. We think of Tyus Edney. We think of the fifth down. We think of goofy things that happen at the end that only happen to Mizzou. You know what I'm talking about. We all know what I'm talking about. Well, how goofy was this? Tennessee up to misses a free throw. All right, he's got another one. Makes another one to go up three. Oh, the next one, lane violation. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing that. There goes Golston for three. It's in. Missouri wins. Buzzer goes off. Unbelievable. Just remarkable. The Tigers are 19-6 and six and 7-5 and five in the SEC. They're, their arrow is up. K-State's arrow is down. Oh, my God. K-State, was, K-State is not getting any better. The league is adjusting to them. They are sloppy. They don't care about possessions. They don't care about taking care of the ball. They're just as sloppy as they can be. 23 turnovers at Texas Tech in a game that they absolutely should have won. Texas Tech was 1-10 and in league play going into that game. Not a good team. That's a bad loss for Kansas State. They took it nonchalant. They don't have enough discipline in the way they play. It is a reflection of coaching. Jerome Tang needs to get on this right now, and it's fun to go score and dunk and alley-oop and run. That's all well and good when it's working. When you're in a tight game like this, the only thing that mattered was possessions. And I can promise you this. If K-State had a bad number of turnovers, let's say 14, if they had 14 instead of 24, so 24 or 23, if they had 10 fewer turnovers, they win the game. They do. It's just too many times they don't even get a shot off. They, they got to figure it out. Jerome Tang better hurry figuring that out. K-State's on the road again at Oklahoma on Tuesday night. Speaking of Oklahoma, Kansas rolled them, and what stood out to me for Kansas was their defense. Kansas defense gets better every year as the season goes on, and it is next level right now. 
They gave up 55 points to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's not great. I'm not trying to sell you on something here. KU wins 78-55. Sluggish start. KU wasn't great offensively in the beginning. Oklahoma had a good game plan. Bill Self made some adjustments. They started scoring, but my God, all day long they played defense. Defend, 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 and that's how you win this time of year. It's defense. It's always defense. You've got to have defense. You've got to. You have to. Missouri's going to have to get some too, by the way. That's great to go win 86-85, but you're going to have to play some defense this time of year. You're going to have to. And Kansas is doing that like nobody else. They're at Oklahoma State on Tuesday night, which has been a tough out in Stillwater. They've been kind of tough to beat. KKHI is proud to be sponsored by Cross Kitchens KC. Tim Cross and his family, they're doing a basement remodel for a friend of mine that doesn't live too far away. They're going to be starting on that project, I believe, in April. And, boy, they're going to love it. I think their house is maybe 25, close to 20, 25 years old. And they're just going to remodel the basement, the man cave. And they're very excited for that. Cross Kitchens is going to do it. CrossKitchensKC.com. Advanced Medical Imaging. See what's inside. Online at MedImageKS.com. I continue to get emails from you that you're going to get the heart scan. That's a good thing to do. Find out what your plaque score is and find out if there's anything else going on in your torso. Whether they can see stuff. It's less than 100 bucks to go do this. You probably ought to do it once a year. It absolutely should be covered by insurance, but it's not. It's not. This is a lifesaver, folks. Advanced medical imaging. Also the best place to go for an MRI or a CT scan. Schedule it today and go today. That's how it works. You don't have to wait three weeks. A lot of these hospital chains, you've got an issue and you need an MRI or a CT scan. They want you to wait three weeks. No, you can always go to advanced medical imaging and get it done now. MedImageKS.com. And my man Spencer so excited over Finch Knife Company. They're debuting the Hatfield and McCoy pocket knives. The Hatfield gets debuted on February 24th at 1 p.m. That is Friday at 1. The debut will be at Shields in Overland Park, the bullet hole in Mission, online at finchknifeco.com. Or if you go to finchknifeco.com, you can see their list of other dealers. They have online dealers all over the place. And you can go through those sites and purchase them as well. Or you can just get it through finchknifeco.com. The Hatfield is a gorgeous knife. Hatfield and McCoy's. It's going to be a whole series of knives this year. The McCoys will be debuted later this year. But right now, the Hatfield collection is released at 1 o'clock Friday, 1 p.m. Friday, finchknifeco.com. See the brand-new Hatfield pocket knife from Finch Knife Co. Those are good, good dudes. Big week coming up on KKHI. This is fun. The Chiefs are champions. Enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the adrenaline. Enjoy the parade. Enjoy it all. Your Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57, 38-35, and one of the most remarkable Second halves you will ever, ever see. And I can't thank you enough for caring just a little bit about what I thought, what I saw. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for supporting the sponsors as you do. We've had a great, great season of football here at KKHI. It's been an absolute blast. You guys are at, and ladies are the very, very best. Really appreciate you. Let your friends know about it. Maybe you like today's podcast. Tell them to give it a listen. They've never listened before. There's no nothing politically objectionable here. Tell your leftist friends to listen to this podcast. Perfect. We welcome all leftists to listen to this particular Super Bowl podcast at KKHI.
Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs)